Listening makes us smarter, more connected people. It makes us better partners, parents, and leaders. And there's no better place to start listening than Audible. Audible is where so many inspiring voices and compelling stories open listeners up to new experiences and ways of thinking. Audible members now get more than ever before. Members choose three titles every month, one audiobook plus two Audible originals that you can't hear anywhere else. Members also have unlimited access to more than 100 audio-guided fitness and meditation programs. Audible delivers bestsellers, business, self-improvement, memoirs, and more, all professionally narrated by actors, authors, and motivational superstars like Rachel Hollis, David Goggins, and Mel Robbins. Audible members can also get free access to the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and Washington Post delivered daily to the Audible app. With the convenient app, members can access Audible anytime, at the gym, while commuting, or on the go, and on any device. We'll always pick right back up where you left off. Audible also offers free and easy audiobook exchanges, credits you can roll over for a year, and a library you keep forever even if you cancel. Explore all the ways listening on Audible can help improve mind, body, and soul with entertainment, information, and inspiration. You can get titles from your favorite iHeart talent such as Chelsea Handler, Danny Shapiro, Charlemagne the God, and Bobby Bones on Audible. Start listening now with a 30-day Audible trial and your first audiobook plus two Audible originals are free. Visit audible.com slash iHeart or text iHeart to 500-500. My next guest is very successful is the founder and CEO of Culture Collective. Culture Collective is the vision of former Red Light Management General Manager. After years of driving success for some of the industry's most iconic artists, brands, and companies, they are now leveraging their knowledge and relationship to create a diverse environment that is inclusive and will develop dynamic managers and powerhouse entertainers. Entertainers With an initial focus on urban genre clients, Culture Collective and its network of managers and shared service executives will represent creatives who are redefining their culture while also exemplifying and promoting diverse leadership and entertainment for the next generation. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, the mastermind behind Culture Collective, music executive and investor, Jonathan Azul. Thank you for having me. So, <laughs> this, I appreciate it. Well, you know, I really well, appreciate it. When I bring people on the show, I want people to know why they're on the show. Yes, yes. You know, uh, and, and well put. That's what I'll say. Well put. <laughs> well, well they, they tell me about this because, uh, you know, your management, we are, as a person who's managed talent before and currently still managing mm-hmm. talent, you know, when I stopped managing Steve Harvey, I thought I was done. I said, you know, uh, and then all of a sudden I got pulled back in, Jonathan. I got. Pull yeah, back yeah. here. People people <laughs> read the bio. They Richard, can you do mm-hmm. certainly it's a favor, you know. I don't want to spend a bunch mm-hmm. of time. Because a lot of people don't understand about management is that you are part uh, uh husband, part wife, part friend, part counselor, part father, part daughter. You're a lot of things when you manage talent. Please tell people your experience. Am I am I am I not miss I am not trying to mislead people when they get into the management game. You have to invest your time both emotionally and physically into somebody's success. Yeah, you, you really do. You, you give up every aspect of, of who you are and, it, and it's, it's a lifestyle business. And, um, I've been able to experience that at a very high level, um, you know, with, with a, a variety of different managers and artists, you know, at, at, diff- at every shape and size. But the one commonality, the one denominator is that it's, it, it, it bleeds into every aspect of your life, right? And so I always like to say when you're evaluating whether you want to manage an artist, it, it, it's almost like, do you want to get married, right? Yes. You know, <laughs> it's at that level, yeah. <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. right? Yeah. <laughs> Where, mm-hmm. you, you know, you will end up talking with that person potentially more than 
anyone that you, in your own personal family. Um, cause that's just, that, that's just the nature of the business. And that's why I always tell people that like, when I, cause I got to share my story. So it com- becomes relatable as to why I got on the show. Like when Steve Harvey approached me, you know, I was a successful sitcom writer, very successful in Hollywood in 1999. And he asked me to start managing his career. He had, we had just taped Kings of Comedy and I was kind of wow. like on the fence. I was managing him. We were very successful, but I didn't really, we didn't really become successful until 2005 when I decided to really invest 100% into managing. And the reason I say that is that if you want somebody to be successful, you cannot do it part-time. You really can't. You really can't. It's, it's impossible. In fact, to be honest with you, you know, I, I, I've got two young children, um, five and one, you know, and, and a beautiful wife and, and they love the industry that I'm in, and it's great too because I I've opened them up to the business, and right. you know my 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 artists and clients uh, know them just as well as they know me, and it's hard to not have it that way. You know, some people may say you need that separation, but because we live in this lifestyle business where you know Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, where most people are thinking about the weekend and taking the time and leaning back and checking out, we're checking in. <laughs> right, 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 right. There's right, always right. something going on, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it's pretty, you know, it, it, it's difficult to not really open up your whole life to the people that you work with. That's why it has to work. When I talk about the marriage part, that's why it has to be a fit. It can't be a thing where you're just doing it to to get by or you're just doing it because of the money. You know, there has to, it has to be a fit. Uh, I've, you uh, know, all my career, like you, you get the phone calls, you get the emails, the texts from a friend. <laughs> we listen to, we listen to this, you know, you know, uh, everything from my, my, my daughter, my daughter, you know, I think my daughter can sing Well, you take a listen mm-hmm. on up to, on up to, you know, the guy at the checkout counter at the grocery store, you know, he handed me his demo tape. I think it's pretty good. Right, <laughs> you know? right, so right. You, you, you get the whole gamut, but at the end of the day, if you're not emotionally connected to it and you don't have a vision for it, um, it's not worth doing because it really does take over, you know, aspects of your life. So if it's going to do that, you got to be happy. And that's why I always tell people they don't really, because I, I ran a comedy club, so I ran into a lot of manager of singing groups, manager of this, and, and they really, and it, everybody wants to be a manager because it's so fly, it's so cool to say the word manager, but the commitment to time. And I tell people that because, like I said, basically Steve Harvey and I, we was kind of like having dual careers. He was, he was very, I was still had my foot doing Rashawn McDonald's brand doing other TV shows, developing TV shows. And the last TV show I did as Rashawn McDonald was I did the MTV show called The Shop. It's very similar to what uh, what uh, LeBron's doing right now on HBO. In fact, it's mm-hmm. the same show. It's the same show. And so, and I was doing it, and uh, was, I was shooting it in Brooklyn. And so, and, and so when I made the commitment right there, I said, you know something? We're not going to win if my mind remains split. I have to, I have to commit to the whole process. And when I committed to the whole process, then guess what? Everything moved forward fast. Everything, my my whole 100% commitment allowed me to just think, sleep, eat, and drink Steve Harvey. I could tell you his blood pressure. I could tell you what he didn't like. I could tell you his suit. I could tell you his shoes. I could tell you what time he got up. I can tell you what time he went to bed. As a manager, you have to know all these things. You have to know uh, uh, catering needs. You have to know the, the seat they like on the airplane. You have to know what side of the car they like to sit in, what type of cars they don't like or do like. All that comes into if you're, managed, if you're trying to take somebody from one level to the next level, these things you need to know and you have to know 
and you have to take them very seriously or you will not be managing that person very long. Yeah, I always have to say, you know, you know, because I get the question, what is a manager? And I always talk about we were, I, I consider myself more of a strategist, right? In a mm-hmm. sense that mm-hmm. we are positioning positioning the client for success. In order to position them for success, there has to be a roadmap, there has to be a strategy, and it has to be a long-term vision, not a short-term vision, right? right. Um, you know, and, and in addition to that, you know, part of that positioning, like you just mentioned, is how can I make this person feel the most comfortable, the most directed for success as possible. And sometimes that is, you know, to be very honest with you, what's, what's in that dressing room writer to make them feel very comfortable <laughs> going to showtime. Right. Yes, you know, um, you know, it's, and, and then, and then bigger, bigger picture, sometimes it, it's, it's having a, a, a real conversation with them. Where is your goal line? What, right. how do you define success? Success right. is defined by the eye of the beholder. So tell me what success is to you so I can help you achieve it versus just assuming that we're just going to, you know, go for the moon. We're not sure right, what, where, where the moon's at or, 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 or what size it is. I always talk about, you know, setting sail towards a continent. You don't, you don't have to tell me what country you want to go to, but let's at least go the right direction. Right, right. <laughs> right? And, and that's really that's, that's key because of the fact that you have to be able to have those values. Like, so now, okay, I, I stopped managing Steve Harvey in 2016. Okay, I'm just... So I'm trying to find Rashawn's voice. Then I get a call from a man, Stephen A. Smith at ESPN. Hey, Rashawn. Mm-hmm. Hey, Rashawn. Uh, can we sit down and talk? Talk about what? No, just talk. Just talk. Just talk. Next thing you know, I'm managing him. Then all of a sudden I get a call from Reva <laughs> Martin. She, she, she interviewed him on my show just like this. And she go, can we talk? Can we have lunch? Now I'm managing her. It's just that. It's just that but I know that when you manage people, I, I know I you know you, you know you learn and I feel that that's what you're doing with your business that you're creating with a uh, culture collective. You're taking your experience and trying to uh, try to give and let people know. So talk a little bit about what you exactly you're trying to do with the uh, culture collective. Yeah, so you know I, I I've had an interesting career you know in entertainment and it's been pretty dynamic. I, I in college. You know, I was the guy that booked a lot of concerts to come through. I went to Drake University, small school in Iowa. You know, um, you know, my story didn't didn't quite scream entertainment. You know, in the beginning, you know, I, I went to school at the, the small school, started booking shows, got pretty good at it. You know, at that time, I, I worked with everyone from Dave Matthews to One Twelve, right? So, you know, it was back in the in the night, late nineties, and when I graduated, I, I thought I was I thought I was hot stuff. And I thought that um, I could easily get a job in New York, right? Because you know nobody nobody was doing it like I was, right? Right. And, and I went to I went to New York. I slept on my parents' friend's couch, and I hit the pavement for a couple weeks. And then I found myself right back uh, in St. Louis, which is where I grew up, uh, on my parents' couch at that time, <laughs> trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And um, uh, I got a. I, but luckily, I had interned, and this is what I always you know tell people is important to have internships and I had interned for live nation and they had, you know, directed me towards an opening in radio. And I never thought that radio would get me to where I wanted to be. Cause I really wanted to be next to the artist. And I, out of lack of options, got a job in radio, mm-hmm. low person on the totem pole, stuffing prize boxes, you know, driving the radio station van. And I did that for about a year and a half and then had the opportunity to go to New York and work for CBS Radio corporately in their, in their music partnerships division. And that's what really, really my career took off, right? Because I started meeting a lot of high, uh, uh, you know, influential people, 
Um, I started meeting, making a lot of contacts in the music industry, especially on the, on the record label side, um, which labels were pretty much in that driver's seat at that point. And uh, I eventually shifted my career into live events and then into management. And uh, all at executive C-level positions. I ran companies for other people. Right. And after doing that for many, many years, including the last five years at one of the biggest management companies in the world, I began to look across the table. I began to look next to me and I began to look at those that were coming up and no one looked like Hey, Jonathan, me. hold that thought. We're going to go to break and we'll come back. So I want to get this complete story on uh, how this whole, how it evolved and how you got Culture Collective and the purpose. Uh, on the phone is, uh, this is Rashawn McDonald speaking. On the phone is the founder and CEO of Culture Collective. Culture Collective is the vision of former Red Light Management General Manager. After years of driving success for some of the industry's most iconic artists, brands, and companies, he decided to do it himself. Do it. He was in the middle of explaining exactly, looking across the table and realized, you know, uh, I could do this for myself. Welcome back to the show, Jonathan Azu. Yeah. So, you know, realizing I could do this for myself and, and most importantly, um, for reasons bigger than music, I can do it to impact the next generation. You know, right. I'm, a, I'm a kid that I'm a kid that was, was raised with Midwestern values. My, my father was a was an immigrant. He was he was from Nigeria, brought to this adopted, brought to this country at the age of 16. And I watched him, um, you know, I watched him grow and struggle, but become successful. And I learned so much from him. And I watched him reach back to, out to his community, uh, which was East St. Louis, to work with the people there to help provide them with the tools, resources, and knowledge to live a better life. And I thought to myself, as a, as, as a, as a black executive, I'm at an interesting crossroads. You know, I, 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 I joke with people that I'm, I'm now on the, on the opposite side of 40. I'll let you guess <laughs> which, which side, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, I, I've had a, an amazing professional career, and I can continue to work for other people, help other people build their brands, or I could decide to do it for myself and architect it the way that I'd like to architect it, you know, with the help of those that have helped me get to where I'm at, right? Um, and then open my arms up and share this knowledge that I have with the next generation um, and really with the, the emphasis of diversity and inclusion and making sure that this next generation is giving a- given access um, and bestowed knowledge to become great executives, especially in management. Because we end up having in management is that because it's not anything that you have to be academically accredited to do, a lot of people to you, the point that you made earlier, want to be a manager. Right. And but they have no skill set to be able to do it. And a lot of that in my you know, for what I've seen is because a lot of those future managers have trouble getting into this system that we have called in entertainment mm-hmm. um, for various reasons. And a lot of it could be around the fact that those that run the companies are the ones that uh, give access to the internships. And if those that run the companies don't look like us, those that are getting the internships won't look like us either. It could be the fact that a lot of the companies in entertainment um, don't pay interns, right? Right. And mm-hmm. if you don't pay interns, a lot of people that look like us or from our community can't afford to do the internship. So therefore it's not even the consideration set that you'll be a manager. Wow. What sometimes happens is that you become friends with the artist and that artist explodes and you're there next to them as their manager. And when that artist gets to the level 
of notoriety, people around them say, hey, your, your friend there, well, he's not really a manager, he's a friendager, and that, that friend yep. manager has got to go. Right. And we're going to put you with somebody that's going to take your career to the next level, and that person's left to the side. Because they just never had the right shot. Yeah, uh, he's, he's speaking the truth. I, uh, many times uh, I go in the room with Steve Harvey, and they just be speaking to Steve. And then all of a sudden, um, I, I know I know who I am. I know what I was accomplished. I know the reason that meeting was set up was because of me. And usually about a week later, I get that phone call with an apology going up. I thought you were just a friend of his. No. Nah. Mm-hmm. You're going to be talking to me because I'm closing these yeah. deals and I know I negotiate. And that's why, you know, and I always tell people early on in Steve's career, we didn't have an agency. You know, we it was just me and him. Just me and him. And so I, the benefit of that, I learned how to do book deals. I knew how to do syndication. I knew how to do radio contracts. I knew how to do a syndicated contract. I knew how to do film, any type of box office contract. I knew how to do it. I, 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 we booked our own tours. I didn't go to an agency to do a tour. So uh, as a manager, if you want to be successful, what he's saying, as Jonathan's saying, you got to learn the skills and get skills that are respected. And working with uh, – with the cultural collective gives that respect. That's what I'm, that's what I'm hearing in this conversation. Correct, Jonathan? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the ability for us to, to network with each other, to pull each other into a sandbox and share resources, share knowledge base. Um, you know, to, to your point, like this is, you know, most of us got into this business because we, you know, we worked in at both ends of the, of the absolutely. We, we really, absolutely. we hustled, right? Right. And, and we should, let's pull those resources together so when you're when you're an artist is negotiating that or a manager is negotiating that contract for an artist, and someone like yourself says, you know what, I've done that deal before. Right. Let's share that knowledge, right? Okay. Let's create a house. Let's create a home right. where we can all to collectively win. Um, one person's win doesn't have to be the other person's loss. Right. All ships rise. So how does how does a talented guy like Rashad McDonald help out your program? Because uh, your your company, your vision, your dream. Because I, I my man, I'm gonna tell you something. I will die one day, and this information is going to be with me. So I, I'd rather share it, and other people benefit from it, and uh, you win. Like you said, uh, that's, that's how my life. My life has been about uplifting. My life is about paying it forward. So how do you take a talented guy like we're showing all this, all this information and, and help out your, your network? Tell us how that works. Yeah, well, you're, you're doing it now, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. you're an example and mm-hmm. you, by the platform that you have and allowing people like myself to, to, to come on and, and share a vision awesome. and inspire people. Mm-hmm. Inspire people is the biggest, the biggest thing. Because, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I just want to be able to inspire people. And right. um, I've been lucky and blessed in life. And I don't, I don't want to leave this world looking back and say, you know what, I, I did really good for myself, but I didn't really impact anybody in a way that was meaningful. And when I say impact people... Of course, that's clients and partners, but that's also that person that just read that article or heard this podcast that said, you know what, I can do this myself. I can really do it. You know, I, 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 I'm no different than, than Jonathan Azu. Absolutely. I, I was ra- you know, I, you know, raised in the Midwest, for example, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't, wasn't the, 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 <laughs> the, the child of affluent parents, like, right. you know, just do it, doing your thing. And, um, you know, so, you know, you're doing it right now. Uh, well, I thank I you. Thank me you. On. You know, because I, I know that, uh, and I, I talked this story. This is really good. This really turned into a really cool conversation from the standpoint of just being able to let everybody know it's perception and what people think of you can really be a detriment, and so you have to be prepared for that. Whenever I would walk in a room, I knew people thought I was just his boy. I knew that going in. So that's all right. 
but be prepared not to be his boy or his mm -hmm. girl or his friend or his buddy or his partner. As, as LeBron said, I don't have a crew. I don't have a crew. I have producers. I have managers. I have educated people around me. Don't diminish what I've accomplished by throwing out little slang words. And that's, what, that's why LeBron got upset when, uh, when Phil Jackson called his uh, you know, Maverick and all those guys his crew. His crew, because we knew that was an urban slang for, and it can diminish your value. And so know that going in. So that means that you have to do your homework. And so it's all right to know that somebody's going to disrespect you. If and that's what a lot of people miss. If you if you're going to be offended coming in entertainment, you might want to get out of the business now, because entertainment is crazy. They don't care how they talk to you. They don't care. It's, it's, I always tell people age discrimination happens in entertainment. Sex is happening discrimination. The Me Too has calmed a lot of the, uh, the, the, the harassment down for women, thank God. But it's one of those mm -hmm. businesses where you have to know when you're walking into it, they, the perception can kill you if you're not prepared for it. And you can't, and you got to have thick skin. Jonathan, am I saying anything wrong? Bro? No, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think, <laughs> you know, you, and you also, you, you got to be yourself. Yes. You know I mean, I think, I think in this industry, they, 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 they try to typecast a lot of executives because they, you know, you know, they, they, they think that if you are part of the quote unquote crew, as you said, mm -hmm. you got to be that shiny object, that shiny object in the room mm -hmm. and they want you to dumb it down. Right. They mm -hmm. don't want you, they don't want you to be, they don't want you sometimes to be, um, you know, to be educated and, and to, 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 to be wise and to be full of knowledge. Um, they see you walk in the room. They think to your point, you're just a friend, right? Yes. Or this is going to be, this is going to be an easy deal to get done because, yes you know, there's nobody around them that knows what they're doing. Right. Yes, right. So, you know, don't, don't be shy to be that person that says, I'm going to break, I'm going to break this cycle of thought that you have. Right. And that's really important. That, that's why I just want everybody to know when you, when you're looking at these opportunities and having you on the show and believe me, anytime you want to come on my show, really understanding what you're trying to do, you're just trying to deliver information. You're just trying to let everybody know that you can be Rashawn McDonald or you can be Jonathan or you can be, you know, a, a, a lot of talented people out there who are who are diverse, who don't, who looks like us. They're actually managing uh, talent that don't look like us, and that mm -hmm. and absolutely. That, and that's really what surprises a lot of people. A lot of people didn't realize that you know that Lady Gaga's manager was an African American. A lot of people didn't know. Yeah, that. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it, it's interesting. I just I was just uh, talking with somebody recently who's who's African American. And had spent uh, a bunch of years working in the in the in the in the, in the uh, uh, gospel um, faith oriented space, mm -hmm. but uh, had, a big big fan of country, right? Right. Said, right I want right. to go work in I, I want to go work in country. Mm -hmm. But he's working in country right now, and he's just sharing with me the struggles that he's had, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> People are like, "Wow, well, you can't well, you you can't work in country," <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. And that's right? the, and, mean, and that's, that's sad <laughs> because people can tell you what you can't do, but they can tell you, you can do hip hop. You know exactly right. So it has to start. It has to start and end there, right? Because right. Of, but 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 conversely, you can't work in country, but we can work in your music, right? Because right? that's right. what right. that's what I heard when when they made that 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 comment right. to him, right? Right. right? And we can do anything. And I and we I, can I, do I respect that. I respect that uh, what you're trying to do because of the fact that uh, as a as a person who has, uh, like I said, been at the mountaintop. Uh, stayed at the mountaintop, left the mountaintop on my own terms, uh, you have to be in a position to be able to understand that people will tell you what you cannot do 
when you cross a line that they don't expect you to cross because in their mind, you look a certain way, you walk a certain way, you talk a certain way. Jonathan, hey, mm-hmm. man, I'm a fan, brother. I want you to keep winning and know that you have a mentor, somebody you can count on, and if you ever need me, I will give you my cell number. You can call me anytime and give anybody else my number to call because I'm ready to build new people like you who want to expand the opportunities in that range. Absolutely. I appreciate that. And to everybody listening out there, you know, I'm easily, you know, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Instagram. You know, uh, I, I always try to get back to people with their questions. Um, reach out. All ships rise. I appreciate you, brother. My brother. You talk soon. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Take care. Bye-bye. You need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. Raycon earbuds start off at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and they sound just as amazing. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet, with no dangling wires or stems. And of course, they don't just look great, they sound great too. And they're perfect for listening to all your favorite iHeartRadio podcasts on the go. So, go to buyraycon.com iHeart to get 20% off your order. That's buyraycon.com iHeart for 20% off Raycon wireless Wireless earbuds. If you've been eyeing a pair, now is the time to get an amazing deal. One more time, buyraycon.com/iheart.